You know, one of the things that we are all looking for is that meet behind the scenes information. You know, where did that, that passenger train go in the past? What's it like to be a railroad dispatcher? How do diesel and electric locomotives work? Well, today we are going to be exploring exactly that through a brand new book. How do diesel and electric locomotives work? We're going to be talking with the author here on Trains Live. Come on along. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com Unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute. Not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. You know, you know Kalmbach Media for titles like trains, classic trains, model railroader, but we also have a very rich history with books. And, you know, who can, whose bookshelf does not, or if they don't, you need to have some of these great titles from the past and even some of our contemporary ones. I mean, the Guide to North American Steam Locomotives, the Second Diesel Spotter's Guide, Great Guide to Historic Locomotives, and of course, the, the, the one that you just need to have, the Model Railroad or Cyclopedia of Steam Locomotives. I mean, drawings, history, everything right there. Kalmbach Books, it has been a rich tradition over the years. And of course, that tradition continues with many new books that we are introducing all the time. And one of those that has just come out that is, is a book that you got to get on your shelf, How Diesel and Electric Locomotives Work. Um, not just advocating this because I was the project editor on this, but if you're looking for a good, solid, basic view uh, with a bunch of detail about how these locomotives work, you got to pick this one up. But today we're going to go well beyond the cover. With us from Kalmbach Books is the author of How Diesel and Electric Locomotives Work, Jeff Wilson. Uh, Jeff, welcome to Trains Live. Good to have you along today. Thank you very much. Good to be here. <laughs> So you are, are one of, uh, I guess the term I would use, say, our house authors. Um, you have produced uh, dozens of books for Kalmbach, and we're going to show some of the other titles a little later on. But this one, your latest one on how diesel and electric locomotives work, um, as I noted, a really uh, a top flight production. You, you should be congratulated on that. I, I, I definitely do that. But um, kind of give us an overview. What... What were you thinking in this book, and where is this going to take somebody when they start paging through this? Well, it was it was a book that I I guess at some point we realized we just we hadn't done in the past. We've done a lot of books about diesel locomotives, roster guides, uh, touched on the how they work aspect here and there, uh, but part of the impetus was Brian Solomon's book of about a year or two ago on how steam locomotives work, sure. which I got to be the project editor on that one. That was a very <laughs> fun one to do, and it, it it put in my mind that hey, let's do let's do something about diesels too. And part of it was you know write what you know, write what you're interested in, 
have always been interested in diesel locomotives, how they work. Um, so I started with some base knowledge that I had, tried to learn as much as I could about other aspects. And I think, yeah, our readers and I think myself, probably you, um, we like to know how things work, whether yeah. it's a locomotive or a car or a truck or an airplane. There's something fascinating about learning how it works, but trying to explain it or trying to find out how it works in non-technical terms. In other words, I'm not an engineer. Um, I, I don't need to know the exact science behind everything, but I need to have things explained to me in simpler terms that let that let me understand exactly, you know, why are diesel engines for locomotives designed this way? What's a traction motor? Why is AC better than DC? And um, I guess the whole driving point behind it was I knew some of it. I wanted to learn other parts of it, but I wanted to really be able to break it down to where people could understand the technology and the basis behind it without getting up to engineer level uh, knowledge. So that was that was kind of my goal sure. behind it when I started to do it. You know, and you 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 really hit a couple of very good high points for the book there. Um, you know, the the whole engineering aspect of diesel locomotives. I mean, there there is. There is volumes and volumes that are very technical, um, written about the subject. I mean, we can get to you know compression ratios and you know the right you know fuel air mix and you know on and on and on. Okay, and and that's great. I mean, if somebody really wants to to bore down that deep, the material's there. But you know, for someone who is you know modeling or or watching you know diesels go by the on the tracks or uh, you know has encounters with them in in some more casual way, you you really I think hit a good stride in that we're not bogged down with a lot of numbers in this book. It's a great overview. Um, you know, it's one of those good ones you can go to the shelf and answer questions, um, you know, very easily. So the other thing I love about the book here is that how you go through the components in the locomotive. Talk a little bit about that because how you have organized this book is just... I think it's another one of the very strong points um, to the to the publication. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I guess it started when I started to compile information. It, this is one that just kind of um, it organized itself. It just seemed to make sense to start <laughs> with start with the engine, you know, the diesel itself, <laughs> and then go right on down the electrical system and the fuel system, and um, it, it just kind of it made sense to do it that way because one leads to another. So when I was trying to learn about one, it's like, well, then what about this? And it mm -hmm. um, it just seemed to work out that way. And just to kind of highlight the differences among the manufacturers and kind of touch the history of it, um, you know, why diesels have been around since the 1890s, but how have they progressed, what made them better? And then same thing for the components, how they all how they all came to be. So it just seemed like a logical way to uh, to go about it, you know. And that's and that's good because you know when you do read the book, and we'll tell you how to get a copy here toward the end of the program today. Um, it, it just like you said, Jeff, it's a progression, and you have it set up in those nice little building blocks, um, and for someone to follow along, especially especially if you are have that you know that casual knowledge, and you want to take a couple of steps further. Um, without getting way deep. Good, good there. Um, myself, you know, kind of the, the history nut, if you will. Uh, 
I love in here also the the discussion about the different builders, um, you know, some of the crazy things that were tried, uh, and then also some of the the odd locomotives that have come off of uh, the assembly lines uh, you know through the course of history and also some of the odd ones that that you know were imported into the country I'm thinking of uh, uh, you've got a great section on diesel hydraulic uh, locomotives and some of the the ones that were imported from Germany um, what what kind of weird and interesting things to you uh, did you find in writing some of these histories uh, about the the manufacturers like you said, I mean, I love the history of, of all things trains as well. And part of it was going back to why did some builders make it and why did some not? You know, why did Baldwin's just not make it, mm -hmm. even though they were the biggest steam locomotive builder? Was it the engines? Was it the electrical? Why didn't it work? What did they try? Some of the most interesting things for me were back when the old McKean motor cars, when they tried the... Sure, yeah. gas engines with direct drive and then they figured out it was just a mechanical nightmare and then adopting the electric railroad theory of just using traction motors and just how that evolved and you know you touched on diesel hydraulics and i didn't i didn't go into those very deeply but it's interesting to see <laughs> you know why were they successful in europe and why did they not work in the u.s well the scale was just way too big and then you didn't gain anything by the time the uh, bigger locomotives and more powerful engines came out and it was an oddball technology but it's interesting to touch on like you said um anything whether it's again whether it's trains or cars or planes you have to try all these funny things before it, something hits that really works <laughs> and then you settle on that thing that works you know part of it too was you know the the, the super engines of you know the double diesels of the 60s yeah. and that evolved to the mm -hmm. 6,000 plus horsepower engines that EMD and GE both tried. And why did those not work at all? Um, they didn't fit with the building block concept. They were just too big on one platform. Um, so yeah, all of those things to me are fascinating because again, it goes back to the why. Well, why didn't they work? Well, it makes sense. If you can put 6,000 horsepower on one platform, why wouldn't you? You hit scales of economy and you know mechanics and, and fuel consumption and everything else. and. Uh, those things to me are just interesting because they, you know, whether you're a modeler, whether you're a rail fan, it just helps explain what you're seeing and why you're seeing it and why were, how many thousand SD40-2s built? Why were they such a good design? Why were Jeeps yeah. a good design? Um, you know, that's, I think you hit on it and I think I tried to cover that, just uh, seeing the tangents that builders went off to mm -hmm. and and why, why it didn't work. You know, Elko would probably cost the company its 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 business by going with an engine design that just wasn't ready and by the time they recovered they lost so much market share that they just couldn't couldn't come back things like that are are just fascinating we are talking with Jeff Wilson, who is one of our authors for Combat Books. Um, his latest work, How Diesel and Electric Locomotives Work, um, fresh out, brand brand new book. Um, if, if you're looking for a good basic diesel knowledge book, this is the one you gotta you gotta dig into. Jeff, something else that that struck me as I was working through the book, um, richly illustrated. 
uh, some some great photographs. I, I can remember there's one photo um, in the electrical section of the book of this this gentleman sitting there wiring up kind of the basic electrical pattern of a locomotive, and he is he's working on this board that just has mi miles and miles of wire. Um, and the the yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. And and the what, what struck me is that the you know the photos just say richly illustrated, but the photos actually really do talk to the text um, and vice versa. You, know, you can look at something and, and read the description and then look and go, oh yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Um, how the heck did you find all the photos? I mean, how did you get all that match? That had to have been, that had to have been almost a task equal to, to actually writing the book. Yeah. It was... Fortunately, you know, down the hallway at, at Kalmbach, we have a fantastic library, the David P. Morgan Library, where we have yes. such a, a trove of photos. And with any book project, but especially this one, one of the first things I do is just go dig through photos and try to find things <laughs> that are going to tell the story. And, and in, the, in the book, I think all of the, I think the photographers I know, because there's so many good ones out there. But I have to thank all the photographers I don't know, all the company photographers, EMD and GE and Algo, all did just a tremendous yeah. job back in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s of documenting all the things that they were doing. You know, if you go look through railroad trade publications of the period, you see the manufacturers tried to get their name out as much as possible. So they were taking these photos and submitting them everywhere. And fortunately for us, Trains was on that list. so. Yeah. We have a lot of those old PR photos and informational photos. That's one of the most fun parts of, of doing a book <laughs> is seeing all those photos and seeing, you know, what to include and having to toss some aside that you just don't have room for everything. <laughs> so it's not, you know, it's just the locomotives themselves in action. But like you said, just going under the hood. And one of my favorite shots is uh, in the electric locomotive section, you hear about the, the rectifier locomotives when mm -hmm. that was a, big deal new technology what's an ignitron rectifier yeah well, it's this big <laughs> okay. barrel thing that and there's a guy leaning yes. next to him with a whole bunch on the side of a locomotive mm -hmm. and you kind of go oh that's what they mean that was yeah. you know before solid state rectifiers you needed some mercury and a big arc <laughs> i wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have wanted to sat next to one of those in operation but but again just just fascinating to me and bob i know you you've ridden a steam locomotive i've ridden a steam mm -hmm. locomotive most terrifying moments of my life, but boy, was that fun, you know, <laughs> because you're hissing and steaming and you think this thing's going to blow up. Well, you look at a lot of locomotives. I've walked through a diesel engine room at 40 miles an hour, hanging on for dear life Ooh. with this thing thundering next to you. It's terrifying, but fascinating. And I think those photos kind of help take you in there and help show you what it's like and then toss in some experiences of, of real people in there. But it's, whether it's steam or diesel, there are some good stories in there and the, and the technology and how it evolved is fascinating. And that's all part of it. But yeah, the photos, um, to me, it was great fun going and digging up those photos, but it was actually, it wasn't difficult for this one because we had so much available, but a fascinating part of, of doing any project like this. Now, as an author, do you, okay, so you're looking through the photos, and, and I should mention, because 
I, I think the vast majority of folks that will see trains live or, you know, that, that read books or subscribe to trains uh, have not been in the David P. Morgan Library here at, at Kalmbach's headquarters. I mean, folks, there is, there is literally hundreds of thousands uh, of images that we have stored there. Um, and those are the, you know, the, the prints, the hard copy images. We have, uh, you know, thousands and thousands more that are retained digitally along with, uh, you know, books and periodic. Articles and I mean it, the library is for its you know for a subject matter centered library it is a phenomenal resource tool um, you know and as Jeff noted it's it's fun to just get in there and, and look and search and you can get lost I mean a lot of rabbit holes in there yeah yeah, yeah. We, hey wait, wait a minute where did where did Jeff go oh, I saw him in the library last that was like three weeks ago um, that can happen actually <laughs> I haven't lost anybody there yet but it's it can happen but but Jeff my my question for you as an author and again I know sometimes I will end up down this rabbit hole um, I'll be looking and I'll find a picture and I'll go man I I got to use this picture and you end up telling the story based on that. Um, you know, when in reality, you kind of want to do your research and writing first and then illustrate it. How, how often do you find as an author, how often do you find yourself kind of doing that, that backward path and you find that cool image and it's like, man, I got to tell this story. <laughs> yeah. I find myself actually quite often, I find the visuals before I start writing because it will, I don't want to write about something that I can't find anything to illustrate. So, I would much prefer if I have to aim the focus one way or another, I wanna do it towards something that I have visuals. And so I do that. And kind of to your point, the other thing, I mean, I'll be doing research on this book and I'll find photos of something completely different and I'll pull the photos and have them scanned. Sure. And that might lead to a classic trains article. It might lead to a Mullet Railroader article or a trains article, it might lead to another book. Um, I keep folders of potential books and potential articles and you know i'm forever talking to you know talk to you i talk to all the folks down the hallway at trains at model railroader i talk to our outside authors um you never know where an idea might come from or you know how how far it might go but um sometimes those rabbit holes are good it leads you sometimes <laughs> it leads you astray and there goes an hour but sometimes it will lead to another project that's completely sure. unrelated to the one that you're working on but it's but it's all good but it's it's a tremendous resource that we have for for all of our products you know and then and then sometimes we got to send out a saint bernard three weeks later and find you in the library <laughs> <laughs> so okay it, uh, you as an author so you've got the you know you've got the idea folder you find images you you know you talk with folks what what does it take for you as an author to get that idea to critical mass and then into a book? I mean, what you know, uh, yeah, there have been books written about a single photograph, but in this this genre, it takes more than a single photograph. It takes more than you know just a, a single story. What where what's that critical mass for you that that gets a book going? Part of it, you have to find the hook. It can't just be a, like you said, it can't be just a photo or one idea. You come up with a lot of things that you start talking about and you think, okay, this is a magazine article. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, for what we do at Kalmbach, we have to, the idea has to be broad enough to appeal to enough people to sell enough copies of the book to make it worthwhile. And I've done this long enough. I think, you know, I have a fairly good idea of that. Um, 
when when we come up with an, and I talk to people, you know, people on our staff, we all try to come up with ideas and try to figure out, well, who could write a book on this? Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's somebody else. Um, we go to the marketing and sales folks and say, here's an idea. Do you think it would work? And sometimes it's, oh yeah, pursue it. And sometimes, you know, I get shot down just like <laughs> any any other authors out there who are watching this. Well, you got an amp because you work there. It doesn't always work that there, there's a pile of ideas sitting outside of a conference room right down the hallway from Bob right now where, where some of my best ideas have, have gone to die. Um, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I don't want to spend a couple of months writing a book that's not going to sell well. So. Um, it has to sell well. It has to be a good idea. It has to have a broad appeal, and it has to be something that I really want to write about, either something that I know a lot about or really want to learn about. Um, so part of it is that interest level. And then I just try I talk about things with everybody. I go down to, to Brian Schmidt, to Eric White, to you, to outside authors, Tony Custer, whoever. And do you think this is a good idea? And, you know, if the response is good, we'll just kind of keep going going forward. I'll try to compile basic information just to see, is there enough information out there to do it? You know, not enough to actually do it, but just, okay, can I do a book on this? Yes, there is enough out there. Okay. And then we go through the formal proposal and get it approved. And then once a contract's signed, now I can go pull all the stuff and be, yeah. be confident that it's going to turn into a book. But it's, mm -hmm. you know, for every... Yeah, you come up with three or four ideas. You might get one or two that go through out of sure. it, and um, <laughs> seems yeah. seems to have worked so far. So, at, at some point in the career, Jeff, you got to take all the the ideas that didn't quite make it, and you push all those together, and and there's one book. You know, <laughs> the the, the might have been train stories. <laughs> I, I have. Things have gotten recycled. There, there might be something that got rejected 10 years ago. And what you do is you reshape it a little bit. You see how sure. the market goes. And you come, yeah, I've, yeah. That's happened. So, yeah. You know, in your, your description here, you, did, you mentioned something, uh, I think, very important for folks to understand. Um, you know, when you have that, that one kernel of an idea, um, and like you said, that might work for a, uh, a feature story for, you know, trains or, or classic trains. You know, we're, we're talking... 3,000, 3,600 words. Um, but, you know, when we get to a book like this, I mean, any idea how many words you've got in, in how diesel and electric locomotives work? <laughs> I, I, think, I think it wound up being about 35,000. Okay. Which so, for a train's book, that, that's about right. Um, yeah. For some okay. of the MR books, a little bit smaller, maybe about twenty five to 30,000. But sure. again, I've but, done enough of them where... That number's in my head, and I know what I have to do to hit hit that. And if I do hit mm -hmm. that, I know I can back off in some areas and expound in other areas. And yeah. I think for new book authors, it's a very hard thing to hit because mm -hmm. I, as, as a book editor, I work a lot with authors as well as you do, and yeah. that's one of the hardest things for new authors to do. Is you tell them, well, it needs to be about twenty-five to thirty thousand words. Well, a couple months yeah, later, here, but well, I've got fifty-two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I don't want to see fifty-two thousand words. Get that down, or sure. Um, but that's good because you know that they have, they have something there. Um, yeah. But once you've done it for a while, it becomes—I don't want to say routine—but it's like doing, it's like doing a grad research paper, except you just keep doing, doing it over and over again, once or once or twice a year. But at least I'm sure. getting paid for it this time instead of paying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, As opposed to paying for the verge. Yeah, but it's—I it's, mean, it's a. 
It's the same thing. Yeah, you know, but it's a, it's a good thing to, for folks to understand that there is a big difference between a feature article they're going to see in trains and a book and kind of how one, uh, the difference between and how they springboard in from, from one to the other and, you know, really you as a seasoned author, um, you know, how you can work that to produce I mean, really, some very, very good books. Uh, how many, how many titles do you think you've you've written? I think I'm up to forty-seven, forty-eight. <laughs> so. Okay, I keep All a right. list somewhere, but uh, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere around there. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let, let's do this. We're going to step away for just a second um, over to Mr. Bob's railroad bookshelf. We're going to look at a couple other Jeff Wilson titles. Um, the one, couple that I picked out here, I want to want to share with you today. Uh, I believe this was your your book. Now, the one that you did just before um, the how diesel and electrics uh, work. This is the railroading handbook. That was that's been out just a short while here. Um, this one is again a good basic primer on railroads. Um, you know, what are passenger trains? What are freight trains? It's a little bit on locomotives, um, kind of the structure of railroads. Um, again, very, very nicely illustrated, um, but, you know, and a, a neat little, neat little kind of a pocket guide almost, if you will. Um, some illustrations from our artists here at Kalmbach, uh, this particular one about the, the GG1s. But another Jeff Wilson production, the Railroad Handbook, um, current one. Good one just to have on the on the bookshelf as a, a reference. Um, I know before you had mentioned uh, we've got a book, um, kind of a companion to yours, the How Steam Locomotives Work. And I know there is also the Guide to North American Steam Locomotives. I had shown the, the older uh, first version early on in the program today. But um, another one of... of Jeff's Productions here, the Guide to North American Diesel Locomotives. Uh, you know what, you, you get the, the how, how they work and this one together and you've got a very good picture of uh, diesel locomotives on railroads here in the U.S. And this particular one, it goes railroad by railroad, um, you know, with rosters, with some additional information about the railroads, um, you know, model numbers, when they were in service, uh, how many units, so on and so forth. Um, you know, very, very good reference book um, as well. Hey, Jeff, something else I want to mention about your uh, publications. You write uh, not only for trains, classic trains, but also do a lot for Model Railroader. Um, and there's a number of your books that are, uh, you know, they're, they're modeling guides, but they've got great prototype information. Um, and so folks shouldn't, you know, okay, I'm, I'm more of a rail enthusiast than a modeler. Hey, don't be scared of the books that, that fly under that Model Railroader brand because there's some, some good information in there yet. Especially, the, I think the Guide the Industries series really fits that. It's a lot of, again, it's how things work, how the industries work, how railroading fits in with that. And, yeah, they're written to modelers, but there is a lot of prototype info in there. So Yeah. I know I, know I like them because especially some of the, the industry ones, you know, if I need some high line, hey, here's how an industry works, here's how the railroads relate to it. 
um, they're they're very good for that. So. We've been talking with Jeff Wilson, author for Kalmbach Books. Uh, you can call him our, our house author. He writes a, a good deal of, of our books for trains, for model railroad, or for classic trains. Um, Jeff, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Keep writing. Some, some great titles out there. I hope folks go to the hobby store and pick them up. And I, I can't personally wait to read the next one you got coming. So glad to have you along today. All right. Thank you very much for having me, Bob. Hey folks, trains.com, check in there, plenty of new content every single day. And listen, until we see you next time here on Trains Live, I definitely want to see you behind the pages of Trains Magazine. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute. Not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.